0: 20 to you Seahawks fans as your Seahawks Nest podcast comes to you, joined as always by the J to my silent Bob. It's Kevin Garber. Kevin, how you doing?
1: I'm doing good. I was wondering where you're going to go with that. I was wondering if you could be my uh, my my Cheech to your Chong. Um, I thought perhaps we could go like uh, my Willie Nelson to your White House roof. Uh, um, I, I thought, could I thought about- Your Snoop to my DRE.
0: You never know. I, I thought almost, I almost did a, a pineapple express reference. I almost oh, came that'd been with the, brand. Uh, the, 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 the Dale to my soul, but I, uh, I just ended up sticking with the, uh, tried and true, you know, the, the oldest stoner movie reference I could think of. That wasn't a Chicha and Chong.
1: So you want know to have to say about that? What? Ladies and gentlemen, hands down, dopest podcast you ever smoked. Oh, wow. All right.
0: So, um, we're gonna get through all the edge players today, and if we have time, we'll do linebackers tonight. Otherwise, that'll come a little bit later. So uh, let's just let's just get right into it. There's not really much Seahawks news. We signed another offensive tackle. Uh, I think
1: that gotta catch man.
0: Pete's looking. To, he's going with a uh, a a width strategy as opposed to a uh, you know he's going for the uh, inch deep mile wide offensive lineman. Like one of these guys has to be good. Right? You know,
1: if we keep going, we will have a mile of wide offensive lineman. Like we're getting okay. there.
0: So here's I, I edge players in this draft. Okay. I, there's a, a lot of talk about the Seahawks really need an edge player. And it's true right now. There's no veteran edge player on the roster. I do think the Seahawks are going to try to get one, but we might not get one before Thursday. So we might head into the draft looking like we don't have an edge. For me, the edge players fall into uh, three categories in this draft. Um, and that that's Chase Young, mm-hmm. who, who is excellent. Uh, deservedly the top top rated prospect in this draft uh when i rate all the guys in this draft now i understand quarterbacks are going to get drafted before edge players uh maybe one maybe two of them because quarterbacks can have such a unique impact on a franchise we see it with the seahawks the seahawks make the playoffs basically every year and the reason is we have russell wilson and no one else does so yes quarterback matters there's a reason that uh, Burrow is going to get picked first and someone might trade up into that second spot to get Tua. That's a real possibility or to get Justin Herbert someone falls in love with him. And that's a justifiable decision because quarterbacks can change the course of your franchise. But Chase Young is the best prospect just from like a de- position neutral. So like Chase Young's just super good. Uh, will instantly have a borderline Pro Bowl level impact from the first day he steps onto the football field. There's really nothing you can really the worst case scenario for him is like bradley chubb and that's the worst case scenario and the best case scenario is like julius peppers which is in insane um like and he's a character guy like he he got suspended for a really stupid reason and he handled it super well uh like a way that just a pro would handle it, you know, just a, a real maturity for a kid that wasn't even 21 at the time that that happened and just turned 21. And so I am really, I'm really impressed with him on just every level. Uh, yeah. I, Chase Young is deservedly like the top prospect on the boards. Um, and he ran a four five seven at like a, you know, not the real pro day, the, the like internet pro day or whatever, yeah, which I is think
1: blazing the, fast. The thing that's happening with Chase Young is he's such a good prospect that people are trying to find things to beat him up on. Like, like, okay, we got to figure out something to say negative about him. And that's how it all started. Because, you know, like through the college season, it was all just like, this guy's amazing. You know, he's like, if Superman was wearing a football uniform. Mm -hmm. And so then you get to like the post draft process and you get like, well, he takes some plays off every now and again. And the one, the one I love is when, because he's such a good pass rusher. People just like try and slip it into like, well, he's not that good in run coverage. And then you're like, no, nah, that, that's he not is. true. <laughs> <laughs>
0: he is good in run coverage. So He he's- has a
1: few things that he could work on getting better at, but he's starting off from a high level in all areas. Yeah, he's
0: really good. I We're never going to have him on our team, but it's fun to talk about him just because he is a really... He's a fun tape, tape watch. watch. It's oh, just man. a good, it's a good tape watch all around. He's just a really good football player. A little defensive um, line
1: porn, right there. Would yeah.
0: would be a real, would be really surprised if for some reason it didn't work out. And he's so young still, twenty one years old, one of the t- like ten youngest players in the whole draft. So then the second category for me, these are guys that could be good or guys that could be bad. And I have this group very big because I think that there is no sure thing in this draft at edge. Other than Chase Young, all of these other guys could be awesome. They all have traits that you see that you look at them and you think, okay, there's a thing that they do good. There's a thing that they do good. And, uh, but there's all, they also all have weaknesses. And so for me, this is a huge category. There, I have like 15 guys in here. Do you care if I list them off, Kevin? Can I just make a big list? This is unordered,
1: too. Go for it because right. uh, I did mine a different way. And so we'll use mine okay. to kind of do the J- other part.
0: Jabari Aniga, Bradley Ane, AJ Epinesa, Julian Aquara. Uh, Alton and Alex Highsmith, Yetter Gross Mottos, Kalevan Chasen, Khalid Kareem, Curtis Weaver, Jonathan Garvin, Zach Bond, Josh Ucci, uh Jonathan Grenard. Is there anyone I missed, in your opinion, that could could be really, really good?
1: Uh, uh, Daryl Taylor.
0: All right, sure. Daryl, Daryl Taylor's a good one. Tennessee. Uh, I, I you like had Steve Grenard.
1: Green. Did you have Khalid Kareem?
0: I did have Khalid Kareem.
1: Okay, then yeah, I think we're good.
0: Okay. So I, I mean, this is a big group of players, right? There's a ton of guys in this group.
1: I would call now, it a glut.
0: <laughs> I mean, I don't, for me, there's the, the beauty of scouting is, is everyone's going to have an opinion about which ones these guys they like best, which ones the guys like. Now draft Knicks on the internet have a very strong opinion. You know, the order seems to have shaken out. Shaysan is the second guy. Gross Matos is the third guy. Epinesa is the fourth guy. In my opinion, this is the one thing that that I think is that this is a year where people who do draft stuff on the internet are going to be a lot more wrong than usual because they're going to be
1: very hive mind
0: because they're they're less plugged into what the teams are thinking and more just plugged into each other. So when you go to a pro day, you get to talk to the you get to talk to the guy you know talk to the guys talk to the coaches talk to the GMs and you you get a feel for who people like right in this case that process has not been happening. So now it's just kind of all of this is separate. And I think that this is one thing where I, I could see any of these guys being this the second or third edge off the board, and I wouldn't be like stunned. So, Kevin, let's just go, though. Which one of these guys are your favorites? Who is your favorites of this glut of Like could be great, but also have some, uh, some significant flaws.
1: All right. So I have a group of players that I put in my uh, don't like them in the 20s. Okay with him in the 30s and steal in the 40s. Okay, so these are
0: guys that you, these are your favorites of the, they have the, the probably like the best good traits, then is what you're saying. Like, yeah.
1: And okay. that's going to be a, a Zach Bond out of Wisconsin, uh, AJ Epinesa, Curtis Weaver, Julian Aguara, and Yutra Gross
0: Okay, I'm going to, I'm going to go first. You ready? I want Zach Bond. That's why I want to go first. Um, Zach Bond will never be a Seahawk probably because he's too light. But he reminds me of like a J.J. Watt type where he's just um, he's like further back on the development scale, started as a quarterback, got hurt a whole bunch, still hasn't got to finish his development, but just a, a dynamite athlete. Able to make plays all over the field, um, even pretty decent in like positional coverage too. Could be like a in our system, he'd be like a Bruce Irvin where he plays down line and some, and or that standing up Leo, and he plays yeah. some uh, four three regular linebacker. Yeah, he listed his, on
1: the roster as a strong side linebacker,
0: but he but he would definitely play on the line some. And his uh, he's he's like twitchier than people give him credit for. You know, he like really gets off the line. I like Zach Bond a lot. He, I ranked him second if I when I was putting them in order, but I think there's justification for a bunch of these guys being second. Uh he's pretty he's pretty special athlete though and that I the thing that's this the size. You can't teach a guy to get bigger and he'll all he'll never be like over two fifty. So
1: I also think have, his testing measurables dropped a little bit because he chugged water enough to end up with a diluted sample at the combine.
0: Yeah, definitely. I mean, he benched was trying really to make good. that water weight. He did hit that set. He did hit that seven second three cone though, which is nice. That's yep. what the Seahawks want to see. So, uh, all right, well, get, your turn. Get me with one.
1: Okay. Oh, do you have any? Uh, do you
0: have any Zach Bond thoughts though? <laughs>
1: Do you hate him? Zach Bond, I think Zach Bond is a great fit if we wanted a strong side linebacker good uh rush and passer. Yeah. I just don't think that's what we're looking for right now. If we drafted him, I would assume that they had a good plan on how to use him. Because I think he actually has the skill set to develop as an off-ball linebacker. He'll never be crazy rangy, but he's got a good head on his shoulders. He offers value in the run game and the pass game as a pass rusher.
0: A little bit old, too. 23. That's yeah. uh. but like you said, about. I think
1: he has a reason to be twenty three and still in the in in college. You know, mm-hmm. like some of these guys, they're twenty four, and you are going, you didn't pop until your age twenty four season. Like you were a starter for four years. Zach Bond was not that guy. Zach Bond had to deal with some injuries, a position conversion, and a stack linebacker group at Wisconsin. They put a ton of dudes in the NFL, so I can see why his path went that way. Mm-hmm. Um, edge player. Uh, you know who else had a seven? exactly seven three cone who at a 30 pounds heavier i'm hoping you're gonna say yet your gross matos curtis uh, weaver out of boise state weaver all right yeah 6'2, 265 (laughs) had a seven flat three cone um actually his athletic measurables were extremely similar to zach bonds at considerably more of a defensive end weight um the thing about weaver is got a weird body type um, he came in as like a three hundred plus pound defensive tackle who could move really well at a three tech, and dropped weight and ended up playing like in a two point stance as a semi linebacker in Boise system, which makes him kind of a hard eval.
0: Yeah, so he started out he freshman year he was two eighty seven. Sophomore year he was three hundred, and then or that redshirt freshman year because he redshirted his first year he was three hundred, and then he went yeah you're right he went back down. And now he weighs two sixty five. Very odd, uh, career arc for Curtis
1: Weaver. But crazy bend at that weight, and when you consider everything, so he's he's kind of an oddball. Uh, but I think the thing was he was just a really productive pass rusher, and it showed against different levels of competition. If you plug in his U Dub tape, he was hampered by a high ankle sprain, but otherwise, you saw him get the corner, and he looks he looks bendy, but he doesn't look small um i like him a lot and i think he could be a big value because his body type might cause him to drop in the draft
0: yeah i think that if curtis weaver is dropping to like the 59 the pick we have at 59 that's a great time to pick him up but there is a, gonna be some kind of conversion where we have to take him and turn him into a hand in the ground lineman because boise state basically never had him do that boise state was like uh you know hey you're a you're a linebacker so that it's a it's going to be a big kind of a transition year for curtis Weaver's first year um he'd be a good candidate for the pete carroll red shirt for sure
1: well i I don't know i think he could be productive right off i just think that his ceiling has more room in it because of that um did you have another guy or do you want me to keep going sure
0: i'll go i'll go utor utor gross mantos um he um Got the great story, right? Like the overcoming adversity story that Pete Carroll loves his dad, uh, passed when he was two saving him in a swimming, like a swim swimming thing. And then his brother died. And like, he has all these adversities still managed to overcome. Pete Carroll loves that stuff. Um, and then he, uh, broad jumped really far, didn't do the change of direction drills, which I think he might've been hiding a little bit because he doesn't, he has great, like, it seems like he's strong and has good, like linear moves but his uh his not the most bendy and i think people have this impression of him like um he's a raw pass rusher rusher kind of like uh marcus davenport was for new orleans and i think that's the player he could turn into but right now he's not developed as a he's not a raw pa- he's not a pass rusher like no, he's, he's mr run stop he stops the run he is out kind of has really good size for a guy that plays the like the the Leo side defensive end like that. And yeah, almost really long,
1: 35 inch arms, 34 four seven eighths.
0: Yeah, crazy long arms. He's tall. Um what you want to see from him is like you want to get him in there with a guy like uh with the, that can teach him some pastors moves like Cliff Averill. You know, you want to get him in there with a Cliff Averill and, and get him learning under a guy like that because with his size and his movement he could develop a lot in that area. Um the mold, I think like they say is like he has the frame, right? He has the frame that you want uh so that would that would be a player that I we could look at.
1: Yeah, my only concern about him is that I think um, the big thing that makes me question his long term pass rush is he just doesn't have a lot of like aggression and explosion. He doesn't have a great first step, um, which is something that you see from a lot of elite pass rushers. I, I think he probably would end up being more of a run first guy for his career, but he could still be a valuable piece. A right. uh, Dude, I really like who I think could be an elite pass rusher. And he wasn't really able to test because of a leg injury. But Julian Aguara, out of Notre Dame, he's the guy I would take in the thirties and be pretty happy about it. Yeah. Out of this next group, he's my next favorite guy.
0: He's a bend. He's bendy. Like he's more bendy than most of these guys. Yeah, um, he
1: needs to add a little bit of weight to be able to hold up better in the run. Yeah, but he had 200. twenty-seven reps at thirty-four and 3 inch in arms.
0: What did he? What is he like? To, what did he weigh in at the combine? Two forty. Two fifty-two. That's way bigger than he was in college. College Media Guide had him at 248. Wait, yeah. no, that's that's only four pounds.
1: Um, but he came into college <laughs> at like two fifteen or something like that. Like yeah. he put on a lot of weight in college. But if you watch against like uh, there's video of him putting Makai Becton on skates and walking him back. Like there's video of him overpowering Andrew Thomas. So this is a guy who I think his ceiling's really high. He needs to add some polish and a little bit of bulk, but like if we want um an immediately effective pass rusher, I think there's a really good chance Julian LaGuara is the best pass rusher outside of Chase young in this draft
0: yeah he looks he looks like he has a uh, th- there's a lot of upside there the weight the si- the weight and the you know all that stuff you can't teach a guy to get bigger and that's gonna be something he's gonna have to overcome all right uh is there anybody in this group of guys that you would be like nervous if the Seahawks drafted?
1: like um, you're like not my so- guy. This is a guy that I buried in a further down tier. Um, it's Joss Uche. Okay. I, I think he's a bad fit. I don't understand why he's mocked to us a lot. Um, he's, he's got long arms. He's 6'1". He's got 33 and 5 eighths inch arms. Um, he can't play off-ball linebacker, but he's also not a great pass rusher. He relies on just athleticism. People forget that Bruce Irvin coming out like he understood how to rush the passer. Josh Uche looks more like a safety on a blitz. Like I just, he's not really an edge. He's I, I, more like just a pure tweener.
0: One thing is that a lot of time he didn't get asked. I don't know what Michigan's defense was trying to do, but he did a lot of stuff that's not rushing the passer. He doesn't have a deep bag of tricks, but every time he he could get around the edge, get around the hip of a lot of guys that, that maybe he shouldn't have been able to. And I think that's what people see. They see those few plays. He's the kind of guy who has a really good highlight reel. And then when you watch a game tape, you're like, "Uh, what, what's going on here?" Because his, it's just not. He doesn't put together and then Michigan has him do dumb stuff. Like in the Penn State game, he's like running downfield with KJ Hamler. And yeah. Hammer's getting like, murdered <laughs> Hammer hammers drops the pass but it, it's like it's like dude that's bad you do not what are you guys doing so i don't know and there's no safety help over top okay anyway
1: um yeah Joshua jason won't make me nervous AJ right. vanessa is the one we haven't addressed yet i think AJ vanessa in the 30s is great he'll for sure come in and be a really good run stopper um he can be a power pass rusher but he's going to take a few years to get to the point where he gets a decent number of sacks he's just about... getting mocked too high i think
0: oh i have a guy that that uh if he's there at twenty-seven, I still wouldn't want to take him. That's Caleb on Jason. Sh- oh, uh, I sorry, I put Caleb on
1: Jason in the next tier down and forgot about him.
0: Yeah, don't. So I
1: guess that says my opinion.
0: I don't. Um, he's fine. I just don't think he's a good, good fit. Really, thirty-two inch arms, uh, two hundred fifty-four
1: pounds. Oh, I Here's think speed that rusher.
0: he could be like. Um, yeah, he could be like a Chris Clemens. Which would be cool. I would like to have a Chris Clemens right now, to be honest with you. But if I just. Chris
1: Clemens was smaller and had smaller arms. Yeah. I just don't
0: want to have Chris Clemens at 27th in the draft. I feel like we kind of signed a, some guys who could fill that speed rusher outside role already in the offseason. It would be kind of overkill. Um, at the bottom of this tier, I think, like in the bottom of this group, there's guys that might end up being steals. Uh, I think that Bradley andne is a, a guy who really produced in in college looked really good, looks really good on the tape um doesn't have great measurables didn't do really great in the combine drills, did all of the
1: combine drills, so really showed us completely that he did <laughs> didn't do really great yeah <laughs> do really great. He and was then, really showing solidarity with Zach Moss in plummeting his own draft value
0: and then and then he's he's not big huge you know he's two hundred and fifty seven pounds um only thirty two inch arms. But when you just turn the tape on, it's there's production. He's a he's a ready player to he's ready to go. I think that among these guys, he might be like the one that is, you know, he doesn't have the highest ceiling, but he has the a pretty high floor. I would be surprised if Bradley and he comes to the NFL and just washes out, never appears in very many games, ends up with like three career sacks. That would be a, a kind of surprising uh, result to me. I uh, think that. And a represents would represent good value in the you know late second or late third or to third round that range um yeah that's bradley and a that's my opinion
1: yeah i would agree with that um there's three guys in this next tier that are really exciting for me uh one of them uh i'll take daryl taylor uh daryl taylor taylor out of tennessee uh, 33-inch arm, six four two sixty-seven. He has really nice size and length in our scheme. Um, for size comparison, he's got really similar measurables to Cliff Averill. Uh, he's very bendy. He's a past-rush-first edge player. He has plus speed going upfield. He's got good bend at the corner. Um, he can handle the run well enough that he's not a detriment. So he's one of those guys, like, his PFF grade in the runs will be somewhere in the 60s. Not ideal, but, you know, not a liability. Um, He needs to develop a better set of, like, counter moves. Uh, he relies a lot on his speed, but once he gets engaged with the tackle, he's got kind of a limited move set, so he needs some technical polish there. It's a lot of what you talked about with Utergros Matos. I just think that he has that better first step, and he would take a lot less draft capital to get. He's a guy who will be there in the, like, late second or the third.
0: All right, I like Khalid Kareem as well. Yeah, uh, also out of Notre Dame. He's pretty he's pretty tall. He's long six foot three and three quarters inches, 34 and three quarters inches arms. He's like, you know, and the reason we bring up the height and the length is because the Seahawks care about it. I'll be honest. I think it's goofy. I think it's really goofy that the Seahawks care so much about arm length and height and stuff, but obviously there's something to it. And so I, I am forced by by doing a Seahawks podcast. I'm forced to also care
1: about you want me to talk about that. I'll talk height, about it
0: real quick. Height and arm length. But real quick, though, Khalid okay. Kareem. Um, in his time at Notre Dame, he really—they asked him to hold down the run game, and he did. He was their like uh, edge setter defensive end. On the other side, you had Aquara, who was like their pass rusher. And so Khalid Kareem's job was like, "Don't get us killed in the run game," and he crushed it. He has an infinite motor. He's not a quitter. He goes after it. He's not developed his senior year tape is for me. Like the, like, if you turn on like the Georgia game or you turn on, uh, one of their their Einstein later games, or yeah, yeah, their their 2019 games. He looks burstier, so I don't know if he didn't do the agility drills. And I would have I would have rocketed him up my draft board if he did, because I think that he has more than he showed. And I've watched I've only been able to find two senior games and two j- junior games for him, so I can't. I that's all I've seen of Khalid Karim and I think he made an improvement his senior year and so if that was something that was across the whole season and then he did the agility drills at the combine and you know got close to a seven second three cone this guy could be someone i would look at at you know 59 or higher even but right now he's kind of sitting you know in that third round ish range as a player that could be available instantly going to make an impact in the run game has a lot of a lot of upward trajectory to be good in the pass rush as well
1: yeah, I'm with you. I love Kali Kareem. He's one of my favorite guys who, like if he's there at 101 and we don't take him, I'll be kind of upset. Like it's kind of that thing. Um, And if we end up trading back into the 70s or 80s, I think we'd get tremendous value with him there. If we bid him at 64, I wouldn't be sad. Uh, He's got really good physical tools. I agree about that extra senior. I think the thing is, he's not bendy. He's everything else except for that like whip snap bend. But that's fine. Because I think as a pass rusher, that just turns him into more of a pocket pusher. So he'll he uses a that length. He'll get his hands on the chest of the defense or the offensive lineman, and push him back. And that's that adds to pressures. Like getting your tackle push back in your lap sucks,
0: don't you think? Because his arms are so long too that there's upward potential there for him to use his arms better to get mm-hmm. to the pass the quarterback. Because that's like that's the thing is that I felt that's like that's what long all, arms do. He's never he never quit on plays. And I just felt like there was like there was room for growth there where he he would try moves and try other moves and stuff. And if he could just polish up those moves, you know, then that then boom. All of a sudden we've got this long armed athlete who's got these great pass rush moves that actually can get to the quarterback now. Yeah, I agree.
1: I think his rookie year, he'll be one of those guys who's mostly for run. And you'll start to see the pass rush come on towards the end, and then like year two and three. That's when you see it start to click. Um, when you have 34 inch arms, your arms going to start being longer than a lot of the offensive linemen you're going with. And so what you're basically trying to do is you start going upfield and then you try and jam them with your arm. It, it, it puts extra moves in your toolbox. If you have 32 inch arms, you put an arm in an offensive lineman's chest and then try and use it to lever yourself around on the inside or outside. Well, if the offensive lineman has 34-inch arms, then he can just still reach your shoulder and like hand guard you around like playing basketball. If you've got 34, 35-inch arms and you get your hand in a good spot, then you can use your leverage and they can't do that anymore. So I think that's the reason why Seattle values length in their pass rushers is because it just gives you more options as a pass rusher. It, your, your toolbox is deeper. Um, and I think Khalid Cream's that one of those guys. And I think the other guy that I like in this area is Jonathan Grenard. Um, 6'3", 263, 34 and seven, eight soon's arms. His athletic measurables were pretty middling, but he's a guy that you saw was productive at Louisville and at Florida. Um, he's uh his pass rush skills are strong. They had him drop into coverage or play on the inside an uncomfortable amount for his skill set. Like they, they tried to have him kind of everywhere, pass rushing from all different spots. Um, I think if you set him up on the outside, he has adequate power versus a run game, and he's a guy who is good and could become very good as a pass rusher. But I think he's another kind of immediate value guy as a rotational defensive end.
0: All right, and then um, traps in this area of the draft, I think Alex Highsmith's kind of a trap. Uh, a lot of people like the kid from Charlotte, but for us, cause, and it's because he ran a four, seven forty broad jumped 125 inches. Um, those, those are all pretty, that's pretty sweet. Uh, he was the number one D line and in, in the 20 yard shuttle, not that his time was really that good, but it was still first. It, the thing for me is that I think he's small, yeah, he's small two, for 48
1: pounds and he's
0: maxing it out. And, uh, I don't know. I just don't see him as a as a guy who could play more than just like third down, Leo, for us. He's not quite fast enough for uh, for us to drop him back into coverage and have him play li- some linebacker to make up the difference there. So he'll get drafted before we even have an opportunity to pick him. So I don't. It doesn't matter. <laughs> he'll get he'll get drafted at like you know forty four or something. And once again, though, I want to say that th- these guys they're going to be in weird spots compared to our expectations just because. Like I said, there's been less time for the, uh, the draft knit community to get in the ears of their, their scouts and GMs and stuff and see what people like. All right. Uh, any any sleepers you want to bring up, Kevin, or uh, late, late, late guys, or anybody that we haven't talked about yet that you just want to get on a table and talk, corner and talk about?
1: Yeah, there's a guy I think has a ton of potential. He's... Um, there's a few of these guys where the athletic measurables are really good, but there's one guy who I think there's a reason why you saw him come on a little bit later, and he really matches those Seahawks measurables, and that's Travis Gibson out of Tulsa. So Travis Gibson, six three, two sixty one, uh, thirty three and seven inch arms. Um, this is a guy who again put on quite a bit of weight moving from, um, like uh, moving up the depth chart as a edge player, and he was their entire pass rush last year. He's got desirable size and length. He actually could add more bulk to his frame. He's got a basic swipe and rip move, but otherwise he's completely based around his like natural burst and bend and his balance. So, he's getting to the passer with just pure athleticism right now, and if you can teach him some technique, uh you know, he the thing right now, he's one of those guys who flashes a plus play and then disappears for a stretch. So his ceiling is really, really high. It's just his bus potential is high too. So you take him, you uh, develop some tools, and there's a really good chance that he works out. He just needs to figure out how to pass rush with the plan and add some more t- and add some more actual moves
0: to his toolkit. Okay. Every once in a while, there's a guy and I'll see, I'll watch him play and I'll look at his draft measurables and I'll read about him, you know, cause I say stuff, you know, I've read the, um, the backgrounds and stuff and I don't understand why they're, why they're not higher in the draft board. Okay. i um, like, like I'm looking at a draft board right now. They've listed, this person has listed 25 edge players and they put this person seven, uh, 18th. And I don't get it. And that's Jabari Zuniga. Um, I understand like his senior year, he got a high ankle sprain and it looked, and he never was the same after that. But in every game before the high ankle sprain, he was really good. Um, he's six, Almost six foot four, 265 pounds. He he went to the combine and he did really good. Ran a 4'6", four, 4'40", four, did 29 benches and 127 inch broad jump, which is first for defensive lineman. He's I he's a terrific athlete and he he has good tape so I don't really understand other than like the high ankle sprain is scaring people away but the combine should have put that to bed I think Jabari Zuniga is a player that has the biggest delta between what GMs think and what draft people think like there's there's a no and I. I looked and tried to find like, Hey, did this guy get arrested? Did this guy, (laughs) did this guy punch his coach in the face? You know what I mean? Like I'm looking for something like that. And, um, I cannot find it in any of these scouting reports from the three sources that I use. So it's like, what other than missing seven games from a high ankle sprain, which isn't a fluky injury that he can't control. Right? Like that's, that's it. That's the only negative. And I think he's a really good football player. Um,
1: Oh, I was going to list him as uh, my guy who might go in the third round and be the biggest reach.
0: Really? What do you think he's a reach?
1: uh, He's got athletic measurables, but uh, when you watched him on tape, he was a guy who I saw um, often lacked any sort of plan or control as a pass rusher.
0: Yes, I agree with that. He just uses his athleticism to win. Push this guy's back, never quits. Like that's his plan right now.
1: Right. For sure. uh, his read and react skills are pretty poor. Like in the run game, he, he doesn't diagnose very well. Um, like if uh, for an overused term, his football IQ is questionable. And he's another one of those guys who like he'll get two sacks in a game, but then he'll just get beat and do nothing like the entire rest of the game. And you're like, well, how did you whoop that guy twice like badly? And then disappear for like sixty more snaps.
0: See, for me, that's like a coaching issue, like more than his problem. He has the athletic frame, and they just obviously could couldn't get him to do what they want to do, which makes me think. I saw that, a
1: guy who took plays off. That was my big question with him.
0: See, I don't feel that way. I felt like he he's like a like a never gonna quit like pushes pushes pushes. Like that's what I saw. But no no no. Um, All right. Maybe like we watched, I, maybe I, we watched I, different I, games. I will say this: I watched one game after he had his ankle sprain injury and that was like the worst tape by a lot and i was like something's wrong with him like he's not playing the same does that make sense yeah so i think the injury really took took something out of him and he pl- tried to play through it some which is uh you know you, you get to put bad tape out there
1: well it's, i um, think he's one of those guys where if we got him in the 4th round i think the upside is huge but if we got him in the 3rd round or especially if we took him like end of the 2nd which I think that's where his athletic profile kind of puts him. If we took him 64th, I would sweat that pick because I feel like the bust potential is extremely high. But you could also be getting a really good pass rusher. You're not wrong there. Like like You're 100% right. He could end up being a great pass rusher.
0: Yeah, fluky soft tissue injuries really made him... It's, and it's like, but that, that could be the next CJ process, right? Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Has that, has that
1: Ferrari body? It has to be in perfect shape. Otherwise you can't do anything. Yeah. you just get
0: the, the smallest thing. Uh, a butterfly flaps his wings in the wrong direction and he's uh, he's out for the season. All right. Anybody else? <laughs> uh, I feel like this is kind of a thin class. So I don't, I don't, for me, I don't feel really strongly about any player that we haven't really talked about yet.
1: Uh, I feel like Edge has a bunch of flyer guys. Like I like Kenny Willikies, but he has T Rex arms, so we're not taking him so it doesn't matter. Um, yeah, but he did have that sweet workout tape. Uh, <laughs> go, I go to his Twitter.
0: It's the pinned post on Kenny Wilkie's Twitter page. It's the pinned post, and it's him just like doing run off the wall backflips and like back somersaults and stuff. Because he found in a scouting report someone wrote about him like Kenny Wilkie's non athlete or something, and so he thought like if I do standing backflips, that shows I'm an athlete. It's really which, petty. I like it, which which is like funny. It's <laughs> stupid, but
1: it's funny. And then uh, a couple guys: Jonathan Garvin out of Miami, uh, DJ Wanham out of South Carolina and james smith williams out of nc state are three guys who have all of the measurables that you want like their combine numbers their physical stats their length all that stuff is perfect uh their tape is super iffy if you get a guy like that in like the sixth round then the upside is really good
0: my question about DJ Wanam is he does a pretty decent three cone, seven point two five, not like crazy fast, but that's that's fine. A four point seven three forty, which is fast for a defensive lineman. Why does he look so slow on the tape? <laughs> I like, don't know, dude. Just putting on—is it like a uh, putting on football pads is like just weighs him down too much? Like it's weird to me. I don't get it at all. I, I was like I saw the physical numbers and I was like I gotta check out DJ Wanam. Maybe he's you a sleeper. Look
1: chunky on tape though. I'm wondering if you came in like. 10, 12 pounds less at the combine for the athletic testing. Cause he, cause six, six five two fifty eight. That's pretty, that's pretty slender on tape. He didn't look that slender. So I, I but I agree all those guys, Garvin, Wanham and Smith Williams, you'd watch a game and you'd be like, this guy is like NFL talent. You watch another game. Be like, is this guy on the field? I didn't see him do anything the whole game. I feel like
0: Garvin is um same thing. Like he just looks slow. Like when he's playing, but then you look at the test numbers. And you're like, this guy's not slow. He 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 vertical jumped thirty six inches at six foot four two sixty five. Yeah. That is a that's nice. That is a nice vert. So it's weird, it's super weird. I don't get it at all. I feel like we can do linebackers pretty quick because this is a like the least position of need for the Seahawks. Yeah, let's so bang it out because I think to it's gonna it? be
1: a lot of names and then pick a couple dudes. All so right. Isaiah Smith, we're not getting him. Or Isaiah Smith, we're not getting him, but let, we all want him.
0: Let's talk about it though. This guy would be the okay. perfect hook, Okay. <laughs> He can play how much safety, you like James,
1: Scott, How much you like Isaiah Simmons?
0: You want to play four three all the time? This guy is your guy. Like he's the dude. So we're not getting him though. At twenty-seven, then I think that it's likely every other linebacker will be on the board except for maybe one, Patrick Queen. I have a feeling that Patrick Queen's gonna go in like the twenty to twenty-five range.
1: He's gonna go high and it's because his it's his ceiling is extremely high. And he does
0: something that I think everyone wants their linebackers to do now, which is like really good movement, sideline to sideline speed, and can cover tight ends and some slot cor- slot wide receivers. Patrick Queen can do that. He can he can be that guy. Also, he didn't get asked to blitz a lot, but when he did, he is like a um, he's like a he's shot out, nice. shot yeah. out of a cannon. Yeah, it's First like, up, this like... is great. It's like they put, it's like they put Patrick Queen in again at 35 inch for 125 inch broad for 540. Patrick Queen can move, dude. I, yep. I really like Patrick Queen. And to be honest with you, if the Seahawks get stuck at 27, because no one's trading because they don't want to trade in zoom meetings and Patrick Queen's there, I'm fine with it. To be honest with you, that's someone that I think would really give the Seahawks the flexibility to play more four three, which seems to be what Pete wants to do. He's a really good football player, a lot of potential. It is worrying how he's not been able to... It took him till his junior year to get on the field because he was bad against the run.
1: And if you you look, everything forward, he plays poorly. He takes bad angles going forward. That includes the screen game, and it is problematic. And that's probably why I wouldn't like him at 27, but if we trade it back to like 32 or 35, and by some miracle he's there, yeah, he's a value. He'd be gone.
0: I don't think he gets. I'd be the shocked
1: if he's still there. Yeah, the
0: Ra- the Ravens one pick behind us. That's like the last they will they will take Patrick Queen if he's available.
1: He's close I think tw- they'd also take Kenneth Murray if he was there. He's only twenty years old
0: too. That's another thing to think about. I think he is the youngest player in this draft. So the Patrick Queen, I think, represents like a, he's got upward trajectory in that way too. His body can change. He can get better and put him with a guy like Bobby Wagner to watch and learn from. And who oh boy, uh, or KJ Wright too. To be yep. honest with you, both of those guys to watch and learn from those guys, he would be become really good. Okay, the other top linebacker, right? The next guy is Kenneth Murray. I'm a I'm not a huge fan. He's all right. Uh, the measurables are great. He he seems like just um like a worse version of Patrick Queen, but with if- like slightly like, he's a smarter, smarter or more finished Patrick Queen, but
1: worse at being the monstrous sideline to sideline athlete. Yeah, the big thing is he's either exactly on time and looks like a beast, like his tape against Texas, or he's like a step late to every situation and useless, like his tape against LSU.
0: Yeah, LSU game is bad. That's a bad tape. (laughs) tape. If you watch the Kenneth Murray tape, don't start with LSU or you'll just be like out on him from the first one because it took a lot. It took a lot of games to win me back over to like, hey, this guy's not as bad as he was in that LSU game. (laughs)
1: Okay, <laughs> like i had there's... to watch like
0: four more games
1: <laughs> there's three guys that i think offer the same value but are gonna go probably an entire round later all right and let's hear that's um it. willie gay jr out of mississippi state akeem davis gaither out of app state and jordan brooks out of texas tech and i actually in my personal rankings i have willie gay and akeem davis gaither ranked ahead of kenneth murray
0: all right i really like akeem davis gaither tell me about uh tell me about uh willie gay jr though so Willie Gay
1: Jr., um, <laughs> you'll like this. Um, the, there's character questions, which is why he's probably going to fall down boards. The character questions are because he cheated on a science test. Um, you know, I mean, he, he, he majored in football. What do you want from him? And then uh, he also punched out his QB.
0: Oh, <laughs> and he was ejected from the Egg Bowl from fighting. Yeah,
1: uh-huh. but I mean, that's the Egg Bowl. What happens when the Egg Bowl stays in the Egg Bowl, man. <laughs> he
0: he is yes willie gay jr has the like he dude, he broke his quarterback's orbital too he didn't just fight his quarterback he like no, i said he punched it. him out yeah, no he like broke his face dude that's yeah. or broken orbital orbitals a
1: brutal injury so what i will say from that is clearly an explosive athlete you know has those 21 reps on the bench and put him to use um mm-hmm. but it is is uh his athleticism is undeniable he's up there with murray or queen none of that's a question um he just needs a lot of technique and footwork type help. Uh, he doesn't have a ton of snaps on the football field because he's gotten in trouble and because he's a younger player.
0: He only started six games at Mississippi State. Yep, that's kind of insane. Uh, my thing with with him though is from the the two games I was able to watch, he's <laughs> much faster playing downfield than side to side. Um, which is, and I think
1: that's a processing thing, like which which just makes him a, to think too much
0: it also makes him a different type of player, right? Like, Mm -hmm. I think that like when you're, when you're the good downhill processor, like you're going to be a beast in the run game. You're going to stop runs. Uh, you're going to diagnose screen passes and things like that. Just read and react those. But like when you get asked to like chase a a running back on a route or to, to stay with a tight end, that's going to be a lot harder for him. And comparatively, and it's just a different kind of player. I, I think that willie gate has a lot of potential but i don't know if i want to take the risk man he seems like he's all over the place
1: if he ends up sitting there at like 59 or 60 or 64 i'm taking him i think the upside is just too good unless akeem davis gaither is also there which he very well could be and i think he's equal levels of talent with a lot less question marks on his personality yeah,
0: he's he does um he's he plays the uh, the sideline to sideline more style. Uh, he's really good lateral movement skills. He's almost like a box safety. Yep he he's like a. To be honest with you, if you wanted to get like cut rate Patrick Queen, this is probably what you want. You want to keep Davis <laughs> Gaither. Uh, he's going to come a lot cheaper. He's not going to be quite as good. The upside's not. The ceiling isn't quite as high. But he but he's is, more polished right now. He is pretty good, and he yeah he does have um. Does have a lot of potential. I really like him. Yeah. Keem Davis Gaither is he looks like he could be really good. All right. Jordan Brooks, Kevin. Uh Jordan Brooks,
1: him. inside linebacker out of Texas Tech, 4'5, 440. Didn't do a lot of the other athletic testing. Um, got a little dinged up at the end of the year. Uh he's six foot, 240, 33 inch arms, big guy. Uh, length is solid. He's played inside and outside. He'll be an inside linebacker in the NFL in either a four three or a three four scheme. Uh, he's really active he moves really well um he can cover he's a thumper in the run game um he needs to take a little bit better angles he's one of those guys who can get kind of flat in his angles and then he doesn't he can't catch up to the guy he's trying to tackle that could be a little bit of a problem but he's like he's got that Bobby Wagner like if I'm coming on a blitz I'm gonna be in the quarterbacks face no matter what just very quick uh goes from off to on he's also um, the the thing he used to work on, he's a really good tackler, but he has to learn how to shed the blocker a little bit better, or play in front of a really stout defensive line.
0: My uh, my my big um. Jordan Brooks thing that. I liked when I watched him, he real is really good at following the quarterback's eyes and reacting to what the quarterback's doing.
1: Yeah. Those shallow Uh, and intermediate zone plays. Yeah. He's,
0: he does a good job with that. And it makes up for like, he, you know, he's not as an elite level athlete as some of these other guys, but he makes up for it by being like a a smart football player. Um, and of course, you know, there's upside there. All right. Uh, there's so many guys here. There's like safety conversion projects like Kaliki Hudson that we could talk about. Kaliki Hudson and Tanner Muse. He played. He played safety. Yeah, I'll go Kaliki Hudson. You go Tanner Muse. The, yeah. He played safety at Michigan. To me, he seems like he'll be a like a box linebacker, a big nickel uh, kind of a four three guy, a Derwin Ger- James uh, type, but not as good. <laughs> as
1: not not a, nearly as
0: good. Jerwin James. One thing I like about Kaliki Hudson is he dominated tight ends in college. Nobody got one over on Clicky Hudson hardly ever. He just like, he was like glue on those guys. And he, I think that he could even take like nickel corner. He could play nickel cornerback. Like he, he can like big
1: nickel safety role. Yeah,
0: right. He could like, he could go over shadow a shadow, a a wide receiver and then, and he's good enough in the run game that he still, it could do it. Like he's not going to be like giving up a, a big play in the run game every time. Um, he has very, very short arms, twenty nine and 8 inches, which is um, that's really short. But i I still think that I don't know how that affects. Does that make? Does that mean he's not gonna be able to make rap tackles because he can't get his arms all the way around the guy? No, I am just kidding.
1: It actually it it affects his ability to play against bigger receivers with good ball skills. Like his ball skills are kind of tapped by his height because he's got a thirty three inch vertical, which is like good but not exceptional. And he's so 5'11, when you're 5'11" right? and he got a 33 inch vertical. You compare that to like Malik Harrison, who's an inside linebacker. He's 6'3 and has a 36 inch vertical. Or you compare that to some of these tight ends that are like 6'5 and have the same vertical. Suddenly he's like giving up six inches at high point in the ball. That's a problem.
0: All right. What do you like about Tanner Muse, Kevin?
1: Uh, Tanner Muse was asked to play in a safety role, but I think it was basically just because Isaiah Simmons was better Tanner Muse. And Isaiah mm-hmm. Simmons was already playing that kind of weak side slot linebacker role. And so the measurables are the first thing that turned me on to him. And he's a guy who at 6'2", 227, he ran a 4'4", 140. He had a 34 half inch vertical and 124 inch broad. So what you notice is he didn't do the change of direction drills. And that's because the change of direction drills are what moves him from a safety to a linebacker. Um, the box safety experience is going to transition really well to will to weak side linebacker because he's explosive. He's got that good straight line speed and he can man up on a guy. You could even put him on a receiver and not sweat it the way that we do with KJ. Um, he's just got tight hips. So he has trouble like with really quick change of directions. Um, he slips blocks instead of like contacting and shedding blocks. So that's something that he'd have to become a little better at which is more of a linebacker skill than a safety skill, which is why you're seeing that he closes in a flash. Uh, if he's in zone, like if he's coming forward to the ball carrier or forward on the pass, he's got that like one step burst. It's really good. He just needs to add a little bit of power to his game. If he's going to play linebacker.
0: Yeah. Um, all right. Can I talk about a guy that we're not going to draft? Cause they're like in- guys that, that are inside linebackers that clearly like they overlap too much with Bobby. It's like Logan Wilson out of Wyoming. He just doesn't play any other position. He and also Logan Wilson has to play zone. He doesn't have the athleticism. I don't feel like to hang with. I mean, his athletic testing wasn't horrible or anything, but I think him against George Kittle would be uh, scary. (laughs) Uh, Marcus Bailey from Purdue. I like Marcus Bailey, actually. Uh, And Lee
1: Harrison from Ohio State, too.
0: Yeah. Um Michael Walker from Fresno State. These are all guys that Joe Batchy. Gener- generally- I think I think I think that um Harrison could be a little bit of a KJ, could could do that role. Maybe not the the one we the role we need, but I think we need to be looking at guys who can cover because yeah. that, that's the that's the hole we need to fill. And it's we kinda asked um uh Gosh, well, I can't even remember his name. Guy who was always going to jail, but then never actually went to jail. Uh, Michael. Oh, my, uh, Michael Kendricks. <laughs> Michael Kendricks. Uh, the, the, um, <laughs> the, Michael Kendricks, we asked him to like cut co- to both cover and then blitz. And I think that's the kind we of definitely combination. The blitzing part. We def- that's the combination of a guy we're looking for, though. So like, that's why I think Patrick Queen would be a good fit. Because Patrick Queen can cover and blitz. Uh, you know that's what yeah, we want. Davis we Gaither, want... same thing. Davis Gaither can cover and blitz. It's like, that's the kind of guy we want at at that linebacker spot, where the other team doesn't know what to do. You know who could be a sneaky cover and blitz guy is, is Zach Bond. That's maybe why I think that he up the edge guys I would, would agree be, would be a, a a sneaky fit. Is that I think Zach Bond is what people blitz. say
1: Josh Uche is. Every time yeah. someone says Josh Uche, I'm like, I think you mean Zach Bond.
0: Yeah, Josh Uche. He could, I mean, here's the thing. If his value gets low enough, I he gets he gets he gets mocked to us in like the 30s all the time. But if which, like, which know, is in just a trade-back a scenario. Reach. but if right. he's if he's there in the 60s, yeah, sure, go for it. Draft Joshua Chan. have him be the you know, switch between linebacker and edge guy. That's fine. Can I give you a late
1: could... guy that I love? Yes, do it. All right, if I told you that I had a linebacker who's six foot 228, had 32 and an eighth inch arms, ran a 44940. Did 21 reps on the bench, 35-inch vertical, 127-inch broad, sub-7-3 cone, and a 426 20-yard shuttle. That's some pretty good athletic testing, Kevin. That is. Uh, who, who is that? That's Davion Taylor out of Colorado. Yeah. And Davion Taylor's mom was a Seventh-day Adventist, and he was not allowed to play football in high school. So he had two years at a community college. Um, he practiced with his high school team, but he wasn't allowed to suit up on game days. So then he had two years at a community college and then he had two years at Colorado. So he's still literally learning how to play football. Um, his technique is really raw, but if you look his athletic profile and size, he looks like they took LaVisca Chenault, put him in a different Jersey and had him play defense. He's like this is a guy who's
0: really athletic. Yeah. He's, he's slight. Like, and he in the immediate, he's guy 228. Two, yeah, he's 228. He was, I would um, want him to put on more weight in the post or get uh more polished in coverage. His, he has like all the physical tools to be really good in coverage. It's just so unpolished right now. Yep.
1: And I think that's the thing is if we were able to snap him up, like, let's say he's sitting there in, round I'd say, four. anytime from round five after or like yeah. late round four, if he's there at like 144, mm-hmm. you take him, you stash him for a year or two and he's a guy who could end up being an incredible payoff. Like he might be Kevin Pierre Lewis where he's never able to figure out like the read side of the game and he just ends up being a really good special teamer. But like, I think he has some potential to be
0: great. He's had some decent plays, you know, he's not he's not bad. I like And
1: if you're drafting in like late round 4 or after that, like that's not that's not a bad guy to get then.
0: Yeah. All right. Um, if you want to uh support the Seahawks Nest podcast. There are many ways to do so. The best way, head over to patreon.com slash Seahawks Nest for as well as $1.24 twenty four a month. Let's just be honest, the real benefit is getting in the Discord. Uh that's get it. in the Discord, chop it that. up, talk Live to draft. us, ask us questions. On Thursday, we're gonna go in there for the whole draft and just, you know, mock the draft and and that's and that's, I mean literally we're not gonna predict. We're gonna just make fun of what's happening. Talk about like, you know, the technological problems. Boo Roger Goodell. Boo Roger Goodell together.
1: Um, and you have to so, pay well, yeah, you're, you're paying us instead of paying Bushlight or whoever's doing it.
0: Oh, yeah. Um, thanks Daddy to our new, new, uh, new subscribers, Augustine, Ben, Jason. Thanks for joining in, and thank you to our long time uh, Patreons. Let me get the list up right here for April. Bam. That's uh, Carrie, Lucas, Tom, James, Timothy, Nick, Frank, Brandon, Brian, Michelle, Phloctumus, Keith, Mike, Brett, Kieran, Bob, Richard, everyone else. If you don't have any money and you want to help us out, you could head you can still have it at iTunes. It still helps. Uh, we are we now have enough iTunes reviews that I don't feel like I have to hoe myself out for them every episode. But um
1: Just yep. some episodes. You know? uh, big
0: big um uh, big Ernie from up above says he says uh, the movie club is the only part worth listening to, you know, and I you know, big ups to big Ernie. I like your style. Uh, so here's the movie club uh, <laughs> that we've been <laughs> lately. We've been doing a thing where we talk about like a bingeable TV show. I just want to double down on devs. I said devs last week. I'm not going to, I'm going to give another suggestion too, but if you're not watching devs, devs is legit. It's really good. It's um, It's interesting. It's thinky sci-fi. So if you're into that kind of thinky sci-fi stuff, I'd say get in there. Make it happen. Watch it.
1: If you're you're on the – you're saying if you're on the arrival train with us, then it's something to check out?
0: Yeah, if you like the movie Arrival, this would be something that you should definitely check out. All right, Kevin, give us a suggestion.
1: All right, do you want me to give you a TV show suggestion first?
0: Okay, you could give as many as you want, and then I'll come back because I'm going to close. So go ahead.
1: so I'll give one TV show, one movie. So I, uh, Disney plus, uh, late to the party, but started the Mandalorian and enjoying that so far. Um, if you have always wanted a procedural space Western, uh, you have a procedural space Western.
0: Yeah. If you're, so, if you, if you missed firefly, <laughs> which I'm not, uh, I'm not I joking. This is, I think that that's like the, uh, I, I think a that's a solid comp. If
1: you like this, you will like that. I would agree. Um, yeah, um. And then a movie that I'm going to give you is on Amazon Prime, um, "Honey Boy," uh, which is Shia LaBeouf's uh, pseudo personal story where, uh, you know, Noah Jupe plays him as a kid. Um, he plays his dad. It's, uh, it's one of. A couple, it's one of a pair of movies, and I, I would love to recommend the other one. It's just not free to watch. If you get a chance to watch The Peanut Butter Falcon, I think that that is a very like good vibes, good feels movie. But if you want to watch, you know, The Shia LaBeouf Renaissance, um, an actor who kind of bottomed out and he's putting together quietly a very good career, Um, Honey Boy and The Peanut Butter Falcon are two to check out, and Honey Boy's free on Prime.
0: All right. So, you know, we're all feeling isolated right now. And on April 1st, this month, Amazon prime added like one of my favorite, like isolated feeling movies, which is I am legend. Um, I, it's not perfect and it's not like a perfect adaptation of, uh, of what I think is an excellent book, but it's very, very, uh, entertaining. I like it. It's, it's really solid. Um, the ending undermines the, the the good ending of the movie. And if you want to talk about that, come to the movie club channel in the discord, chop it up with me. Tell me what you think. But I think the movie is good on its own. If, but the ending to the book is obviously better. (laughs) How about that? (laughs) All right. For, uh, for Kevin and uh, the ghost of Eric Ronevick. We'll see you guys next week. Go Hawks.